Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. I want to tell you that I appreciate those of you who prayed for my wife. She had uh, surgery on her foot on Friday, and we came home yesterday from the hospital, and, and she is recovering, and I just want to say thanks for praying. And I also want to say thanks to all of you who are scheduled to, to bring us food to keep us going as a family. Uh, I'm tempted to say, keep the food, just bring toilet paper. But... <laughs> I have plenty, we have plenty, all right, just bring the food, that's great. <laughs> and I know things can be really crazy in life right now, and, and perhaps you're feeling a little upended, and a little unsettled, but, but you know, God is in control. <laughs> God is sovereign. He's got you. He's got all of us. He loves us. He cares for us. And, and that's the message that we know that we're going to hear over and over again, and we're going to keep pressing into your heart. But I also want to tell you this. Don't waste this opportunity. Because something like this that comes along that may jolt us can also wake us up. Some of us may have gotten to a part, place in our life where we've been drifting in our relationship with the Lord, and maybe something like this can, can wake us up. I'm hoping that does that this morning as we look at the Word and we think about what God is doing in our lives. And the way I want to start is by telling you a little bit about my wife and I. Now, she's, she's laid up right now in bed, but in the past, she's very active. She likes to exercise. And there was one point in her life where she did something called paloxing. Paloxing is a combination of Pilates and boxing, and it's a workout. I have no idea how that started. Maybe a fight broke out in a Pilates class, and they thought, paloxing. And when she was going through that phase, I was going through a boxing phase. So I actually took boxing classes. Now, I didn't spar, but I took these exercise classes in a ring, uh, in a ring and we, were, we, we would do all these exercises for boxing. Now, I was, I was a terrible boxer. I, I, that takes a lot of coordination that I do not have. But one of the things that I learned about boxing is that you got to keep your hands up. You got to keep your guard up. Because if you don't, you're going to get knocked out. And it's interesting that the Bible actually uses this, this metaphor uh, of boxing for life, where it talks about discipline and training and self-control of living the Christian life. It's, it's a metaphor used in the New Testament. And the idea is to keep your guard up because we are in a war. We are in a fight. We, we want to keep our guard up because what happens when we let our guard down and get complacent? Well, we can get hit. We can fall into foolishness. Sin can come and take over us. We can find ourselves falling into traps that we never would have if we had our guard up. And you've experienced this, right? Sometimes when you're walking with the Lord, you get your guard down, and maybe you've made some decisions that you now regret. Maybe you let your guard down with your spending, went into big debt. Maybe you let your guard down in relationships and your words started hurting other people. 
Maybe you let your guard down in regard to purity and things just got totaled out of control. So there's many ways that we can let our guard down rather than keeping it up. And I'm just wondering, like right now in your life, is there any areas where you're just kind of the guards down and you're kind of coasting? Maybe you're in a rut. Maybe you're just here this morning going through the motions, but your guard is down. And I'm, I'm just wondering if there's something going on in your life right now that you've kind of just pushed God aside in your relationship with him. Of course you show up. Of course you go through the motions, but your guard is down. And maybe you have a complaining tongue. Maybe you have a disposition that is kind of reckless right now. Maybe you have some things that you don't want others to find out about. And what I'm hoping through the Word of God this morning is that it will wake you up. I mean, sometimes circumstances can wake us up like a virus or pain or something else, but the Word of God is here to instruct us and to wake us up out of our complacency. And this is a good word for everybody because here's the deal. Don't waste this time. You're going to be out of your routines. You're going to have far more time at home than you want. It's an opportunity to grow, but it's an also opportunity to indulge into worldliness. That's why we got to keep our guard up. And that's why I think Proverbs 1 is really, really instructive this morning. I don't know if you've ever read Proverbs 1 before, but it's basically a woman who is yelling at you. That's what we're going to see. And we're going to go through three parts of this. And just to kid and give you the three parts, we're going to consider the urgent appeal to the complacent, part one. Part two will be an inevitable consequences for the complacent. And part three will be reflect and decide. So let's start with an urgent appeal to the complacent. Look, Proverbs 1, starting in verse 20. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She lifts up her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. You know, the book of Proverbs is kind of a father instructing his son. And it's like he's bringing his son along and says, son, let me introduce you to this woman. She shouts a lot, but you should listen to her. And this woman is wisdom. Wisdom is personified as a woman. And she's in the city streets, at the square, at the city gates, where all the people are and where the judgments are made. And it says that she cries aloud like a street preacher. She shouts with reproof, with counsel, and with mocking as people go about their business, and they generally ignore her. It reminds me when I lived in Santa Monica, California, I would do street preaching on this place called the Promenade where there's a lot of people. I'd bring all my gear. I'd have this huge battery, and I would hook up the amplifier and everything else and have a microphone, and I would start preaching on the Promenade, and most of the people... 99.9%, just totally ignore me. That's kind of what's going on here. She is speaking out wisdom to those who are willing to listen, and most scoff and ignore her. Look at the next verse, verse 22. She says, how long, O naive ones, will you love being simple-minded? 
and scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. How long? How long is this going to last? How long, you fools, O oh, simple ones, we love being simple? You see, the naive and the simple ones here are the ones that do not embrace wisdom. You know, the scoffers and the fools have hard hearts, but the simple and the naive still have hope because their heart hasn't been totally hardened. They don't want to ignore woman wisdom because if they do, if they ignore the wisdom that comes from God, then their hearts will be hard and they'll turn into fools and scoffers. So the simple or the naive are those who are just complacent. They're immature. They're naive. They're apathetic. They're gullible. And they're generally uncommitted. You see, the problem with the simple ones is they're just drifting, kind of just coasting along. I don't know if you feel like that way about your spiritual life right now. Do you feel like you're coasting right now? That you're in maintenance mode? You're just coasting along, coasting along. And I've heard it said that these guys and these girls right here, that they do not live with urgency. And that could be a good description sometimes of the Christian life is that we fail to live with urgencies and being a disciple of Jesus. Maybe even coasting along a few months or weeks or years. There's no urgency. You don't long to be with him in worship. You don't long for see people get saved. You don't long to obey. You don't long to see his kingdom spread. There's just no urgency in your life, and you're just coasting along. And woman wisdom says, how long is that going to last? How much longer are you going to stay there in your rut? Pay attention. Continue on. Look at verse 23. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. You see that turn? It's a, it's a call to repentance. Turn to my reproof. Turn away from your complacent walking in foolishness and turn to the path of wisdom because without repentance, there is no forgiveness. So some of you who have drifted, you drifted, you need to turn and repent. Maybe you've drift, drifted messing around some areas you shouldn't be messing around in. Maybe you've drifted in drinking too much. You need to turn and repent. Maybe you've drifted in ignoring the fellowship. You need to turn and repent. Maybe you, you've drifted too much and just letting your mouth be out of control and hurt others. You need to turn to repent. This is this turn, turn to my reproof. If you turn to my reproof, there will be forgiveness and correction. Because notice what she says in the second part. I will make my words known to you, like the Spirit will be poured out on you. The idea is we turn from our complacent ways to embrace wisdom, then wisdom will give us words of insight, and the Spirit of wisdom will be poured out and give us the skill to live life. If you turn to God, no matter how far you've drifted, no matter how much rut you're in, no matter how much you've been coasting, God will be there to forgive you and empower you to walk in his ways. So that's the first part. The first part is this call of wisdom. And the second part is the inevitable consequences for the complacent. You ever wondered, like, what's really going to happen if I coast? I mean, what's really going to happen if I get stuck in a rut? Really, what, what does it even matter? Well, the Word of God is about to give you the consequences of the complacent. And it's not pretty. Look at verse 24. 
Because I called and you refused, I stretched out my hand and no one paid attention. And you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes, when your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you. The father is just trying to wake this boy up. Say, son, if you're going to neglect wisdom, if you're going to refuse to listen, wisdom is stretching out hand to you. And if you refuse to listen to wisdom and walk in the word of God, it says right here that wisdom is now going to laugh at you. If you ignored her counsel and dismissed her reproof, now she is going to mock you when dread comes. So when the hurricane slams into your life and you're in anguish, wisdom is on the sidelines mocking, laughing, and rubbing it in. She's like, I told you so, but you wouldn't listen. <laughs> Sometimes we act like the word of God's not like that. That seems kind of mean. <laughs> like you've, you've messed up your life, you've ignored wisdom, and wisdom's like, ha, ha. That's what you get. It's very jarring. And you know there's forgiveness in Christ. You know there's a grace to move forward. Yeah, we know these things. We, we know that. But hold on. Let the passage have its hit. Let it get at your heart. There are consequences to neglecting wisdom. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Look at verse 28. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned all my reproof, so they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. Now they're calling out. No, no, they're like, whoa, whoa, we, we want wisdom now. Wisdom's like, I'm not going to answer you. Now they want to seek wisdom diligently. It's like, oh, you're not going to find me. Because what is going on here is this. Wisdom is not retroactive. Wisdom is not retroactive. We can say, okay, I want wisdom now. Please undo everything I did in the past. I don't want any of those consequences. Wisdom is not retroactive. It reminds me of a video I watched this week. I don't know if you saw this. That a robber, a guy, had a gun, broke into a store, a little small store. The store owner gets everybody else in the store, out of the store. She locks the robber in there. He's stuck. He starts ramming the door, throwing himself against the door, gets his gun, shoots the, the lock. He's trying to get out. He's freaking out. And then he starts doing this. Please, please, please let me out. I, I won't take anything. Let me out. Wisdom is not retroactive. It doesn't work like that. Back in the day, it says, when you made decisions that hated knowledge, you would not fear the Lord, you rejected wisdom counsel and despised her reproof, now it's time to feel the full force. Look at again at verse 31. It says, now you're going to eat the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own devices. You know what the, the New Testament way of saying this is? You reap what you sow. Galatians Chapter 6, verse 7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. 
For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. If you end up in jail, you can't undo the crime. If you have a broken relationship, you can't undo the initial cause. If you have wasted years and decades of your life, you can't get a do-over. If you've neglected your children, you can't undo all those years. If you have released reckless words, you can't get them back. I mean, this is like, wow, pastor, why are you talking about this? Why are you bringing this up? Because this is here to wake us up. This is here to make us examine our life and say, okay, Lord, am I walking with you or am I just playing games? Or am I just going through the motions? Now you need to reflect and decide. You need to make a decision. We'll finish up with verses 32 and 33. For the waywardness of the knave will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. Also, what we see is this this whole scenario was a preemptive strike. It's a warning to scare the youth and the rest of us from living a life of complacency, a non-committed life. You can stay there or you can pursue a path of wisdom. And it's a matter of life and death. Did you, you notice there in verse 32? It says, for the waywardness of the naive will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. And we know that this destruction can be far more than just physical. For some who reject Christ, it can be spiritual. It can be like forever. And, and, I, and I make a, an appeal to those of you who are here and those who are watching uh, online If you're going through the motions, if you've yet to decide whether you're going to follow Christ or not, I ask you, what's it going to take to make you wake up? You got the word of God speaking to you. Maybe you have a virus right now that's going around that's scaring you to wake up. And a lot of people may be more sensitive now these days. But there's some that will say, no, I'm going to kind of wait on Jesus. I'll let that all work itself out of the end. And I want to tell you, It all will work out in the end, for sure. But you do not want to be the one on the end of eternal separation from God. This is a time to put your faith in Christ. This is the time to turn from your sins and trust Jesus. This is the time to find forgiveness. What else is it going to take? It's time to wake up. And that is what we're getting at right here. It is time to wake up. And the good news is, for those who wake up, verse 33, he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. This doesn't mean that difficult things won't happen, but at least they won't come because of your own foolish decisions. And this ease can be forgiveness. This ease can be the yoke of Christ, which is not a heavy burden. There is grace, there is security, there is forgiveness in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Now, while I was doing those boxing classes, I I have to tell you, I just got to admit to you, uh, just so you can get to know me a little better, that I I also dabbled in a workout for cage fighting. The moral of this story is don't mess with your pastor, all right? (laughs) 
Now, I don't know much about cage fighting, and the workouts are really hard, but I, but I do know one thing from the cage fighting. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up. But one of the things about cage fighting is that you're in a cage. You can't get out. And that's, that's kind of the way it is right now, is that right now that many of us are caged in. And I'm hoping that all of us, if we find ourselves in a rut, find ourselves in complacency, We'll deal with it. Don't turn our back and just ignore it and think, oh, complacency will leave me alone. I could be in this rut and it won't matter. No, no, you're caged in. You need to deal with it. You need to get your guard up. You need to find forgiveness in Christ. You need to walk with the Lord. You need to deal with some of these things. And there are a variety of things that I'm about to cover, but I don't want to cover them in speaking to you. I want to cover them in prayer. And so the way I want to close this morning is, is taking you through a prayer that I've written for us to go through to acknowledge God, find forgiveness, deal with things, and follow Christ. And I just want to say it once again. We're going to be out of our routines for a while. And many are going to feel upended. My two college students, they're, 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 their school's shut down. People are shut down and moving, and that could be a time where you're all over the place, out of the routines. And I'm telling you, if you are not careful, the devil can get a foothold during those times. But also, it could be a time of growth. It could be a time where you can deal with stuff. It could be a time where you can attempt to reconcile relationships. It could be a time where you can grow. And I believe and I pray for you that this will be a time of growth. So let me walk you through this prayer together and we talk to the Lord where you're at. So let's pray. First, acknowledge that God is in control and he's sovereign and he's holy and he loves you and he cares for you. Take some time now to put your finger on where you may have been complacent in areas of purity not dealing with marriage problems, maybe not loving your kids or your grandkids. Maybe you've been ignoring your relationship. Maybe you've been financially irresponsible or lazy, spiritually speaking, or with your body, or wasting your time, or reckless with your words, or out of control, dreaming and fantasies, bad attitude, anger. Whatever it is right now, name the area before God where you have been complacent. Ask God for forgiveness through the finished work of Christ. Ask him for the power to turn away from complacency to the path of wisdom. Look for the freedom of forgiveness in the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. Right now, ask God for forgiveness. And finally, ask God for wisdom on what you do next. What is the first thing that you need to do in addressing this issue before you leave this place? Do you need to call someone and reconcile? Do you need to approach your spouse and attempt to start to work on some issues? Do you need to write an email? Do you need to get an accountability partner? Do you need to be in a small group for help? Do you need to spend time in the Word and prayer? Ask God to show you what you need to do today to move 
from complacency to wisdom. Lord, as much as we know that we reap what we sow, we also know there is grace and there is forgiveness and there is mercy. And may we receive it and move forward and not go backward and have an urgency about following Christ today and always. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.